Hey, what's going on team? How you doing out there? Mike Foster here. Welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast. Today we're going to talk about property management, why it's important, and how you can find a great property manager to make your passive investment truly passive. All right, but first... Hey, Freedom Fighters, welcome to the Active Duty Passive Income Podcast, the only place where military members, veterans, and their families learn how to build wealth through real estate investing. I'm your host, Mike Foster, and I'm here to show you how to stop wasting your benefits. Now get off your ass, step up to the firing line, and make ready for today's lesson. Shooter, stand by. What's going on, guys? Hope you're having a great, great weekend. Uh, or I hope, you know, if you're Friday, right, is off to a good start and you're going into a great weekend. I'm actually broadcasting from Annapolis, Maryland. I'm here for my alma mater's five-year uh, anniversary and or reunion, I'm sorry. And I'm really excited. I'm excited to uh, see some good folks and catch up with some old friends. We've got a lot of events uh, planned for the today and the weekend and... Um, and we also have a football game for tomorrow, which is which is really, really awesome. I'm super pumped for. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a great, great time. The weather is nice. And um, oh man, I'm already really pumped. I, I got in contact with my sponsor, Mom. Um, so I'm going to see her and some of the other friends I made in the area. And it's going to be great. But anyway, so today's lesson is on property management and how finding a good property manager can make your investment truly passive, okay? You've heard me say it before, and I'll say it again, right? There is no reason why if you are you know, the owner of an investment property that you should not have a property manager, okay? And I'll tell you why. The 10%, right, which is the most that you should pay for, right, is definitely worth it. I mean, it's worth not having the grief of having to sacrifice time, whether it's with a loved one, whether it's with a friend, whether it's with whoever, right, to go fix a leaky faucet or to go fix a washer that's now, you know, having problems or, you know, whatever, right, whatever the case may be. Yes, right, you might not be the one fixing these problems. You might be the one making the call. Okay, I get that. But... How much time do you have to make calls, right? We all, or most of us, right, in the military work from sun up to sundown, and there will be times that you won't be able to answer your call. So here's what happens, right? They either leave a message and you take care of the problem as soon as you get you know, the chance to, or... Right, They leave a message, and for whatever happens during the day, you can't get to it. Maybe you're underway on your ship, and something happens, right? Let's say someone falls overboard, and now everything's radio silent, and you can't communicate with anybody. That's a problem. That's a problem not only for you, but that's a problem for your tenant. And so you want to, be, you want to do the best you can for your tenants and respond to their issues in a you know, quick amount of time. I mean, let's say, you know, the toilet is overflowing and it's flooding 
like rapidly into the bathroom. That's a major problem. And the longer that these things take, you know, to fix, then the longer that issue is going to be. So you could be left with some serious issues, guys. And it's important to take into account the fact that you might not be available because you're either A, on deployment or you are, you know, you're tied up, right? You're tied up. For all intents and purposes, you are tied up and for whatever reason, you cannot get to your phone, right? Um, or you can't check your email or whatever the modium medium may be for your communication with your tenants. All I'm saying is it definitely does not hurt to have someone designated as that person that your tenant calls in emergency or for whatever, whatever the case may be, and you don't have to worry about it. I mean, the whole purpose of our podcast, the whole purpose of our business is to show you how investing in real estate can be something great and passive and something that benefits you and your lifestyle. So we are going to teach you passive investing. If you are someone who wants to manage the property yourself, by all means, go right ahead. But I will tell you that there are a lot of struggles that comes with managing your own property. And so you better be ready and prepared to handle all of them or have someone that can help you out when you need the help because it is not easy. It's not easy for sure, right? So for those of you who are looking for turning real estate into a passive investment, get a property manager, all right? It will be the best investment that you make for that property, I'm telling you, okay? Having had to come out of a movie one time watching uh, watching this movie, I forget what it was, but I was watching it with my wife one weekend, and I literally had to come out of the movie so I can deal with an emergent issue going on at my rental, and this was over the summer, a couple years ago, right, and um, I think it was like, yeah, it was it was flooding, it was flooding in, inside the, uh, the bathroom, right, and I had to deal with it, we had to find the emergency um, shutoff valve for the water out on the street, and here I am trying to do this over the phone, walking my tenant through it, okay, now, yes, um, was I really glad that that happened, and my tenant was able to get me, absolutely, right, I was in a movie with my wife, and uh, my, my fiance at the time, but, you know, do I... Did I notice that that's not where I want to go with this investment? Yes. In a heartbeat, I realized I needed a property manager. I need someone to help me out. I can't continue to do this on my own because I may not be able to answer that call the next time. I may be underway. I may be, you know, I don't know, in the office, right? Because I work in a secret building. So I can't take my phone with me. And obviously, I can't, you know, have. Airbnb or VRBO, right? Logged in on my computer screen, so you know I'm not going to be able to just feel those uh, feel those issues. But yeah, right. So I need to have someone to help me out. Oh, and by the way, aside from the military, do I want to have to continue to sacrifice movies or you know good times or date night or whatever with my wife or with or spending time with my family on vacation just to deal with these issues? Absolutely not. I want the property manager. I will pay the 10%. That's it for me, okay? So, yes, that is your why, okay? That's why having a property manager is a great, great asset in your team and definitely makes your your investment more passive, okay? Now, how do you find a good property manager? Okay, I am 
uh, let's say I am, you know, seaman, whoever, right? And I am now trying to find out how to find a good property manager. So you're going to look up the property managers, all right, or property management companies in your local area, and you're going to give them a call, okay? I would say list out three or four different ones, okay, and talk to them because the more you talk, the more you ask the questions that you're going to need to know, that is how you're going to find out which one is right for you or which one is right for your property um, and is going to make you feel more comfortable having this investment you know, out there wherever it is, okay? Especially if it's not in a place that you are physically in, if it's not in a location that you're in. Um, now, questions that you're going to want to ask are, how much do you charge? Okay, because that's important. And you should never pay more than 10%. I've said that before, I'm going to say it again. You should never pay more than 10% a month of your rental income to your property manager. If they're charging you more than that, they're charging you too much. Okay. Now, if it's a short, this is for long term traditional rentals. If it's a short term rental, then you'll likely find them charging more. Okay. And that's understandable because the tenant turnover is um, a lot for more frequent and they'll be trying to coordinate cleaning, right? Um, resetting your property, you know, either getting gifts or whatever it is that you're doing for your property. I mean, whatever, right? So there's a lot more stuff that goes into it. Um, but for traditional everyday, you know, uh, long-term 12-month lease type properties, that should never be more than 10%. Okay, and it will be less sometimes, right? You could find some that charge eight um, percent. That's also kind of common, especially in the Midwest. So just take a look, okay? But you want to ask how much. You want to ask what their fees are, okay? A lot of property management companies have these like added fees. You got to watch for those too, okay? I'm not saying that they're all bad, but I don't typically like to go with property management companies that tack on all these fees. I'll tell you one reason why is because if a property management company feels they need to add on all these fees, they might, then again, they might not be doing a good job, right? Because they feel like they need to have other ways to make money. A, pro- a good property management company should sufficiently be able to make money from the 10% rental income that they get each month, right? And then maybe like um, a, 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 a I don't know, some kind of fee where they charge you, you know, when you first sign on with them, that's it. But other than that, like there should be no other fees that they assess you for. Um, And that's just, you know, that's just standard from what I've seen and who I've worked with. Okay. Now, um, some of the fees that they can hit you with are a leasing fee, a tenant turnover fee, a contract renewal fee. Uh, they'll come up with all these random things. You just got to make sure that you read their contract or your agreement with them and you understand everything that you're paying for. Okay. Um, I'll share a story with you later on, but you know, you definitely got to read the contract and make sure that everything is legit and everything makes sense. Okay. You also want to find out what happens if, you know, the contract between you and your your management company, right, goes south, right? Or let's say the agreement, right, goes south. How long will it take for you to get out of a contract? Do not, all right, I repeat, do not sign on for any more than 30 days. This goes into my story that I have for you later, okay? But do not 
sign on for anything that's going to take you more than 30 days to get out of, okay? Just in case. Trust me. 30 days is a long time, and 60 days is worse, okay? That's a hint. But like I said, story time for later. Um, Okay, so you want to make sure you understand what they're charging. You want to make sure that you understand uh, how long the contract is, okay? How long your contract with them is, and then what are the terms for ending your contract, okay? You also want to find out how they screen their tenants. This is important. All right, you want to make sure that you understand, um, are they doing a background check? Are they doing a credit check? Okay, or do they assess, you know, their job and whatnot, right? You got to understand clearly how your property management is going to qualify your tenants to live in your home. Because if there is any sense that they are not really screening tenants, I promise you that's a company that you want to be very careful in employing, all right? I'm not going to say don't do it because maybe you know them close or whatever. I don't know. But if it were me, I wouldn't do it because I want to make sure that the tenants that are coming in are reputable. They have, they, they don't have like felonies or any you know anything crazy like that on their record, uh, where they're going to either take advantage of my property or you know the other tenants that might be living in my property. Um, you know, if you have a multifamily, and I also want to make sure that they're going to pay and they're going to pay on time. Okay, um, this is something you know aside of property management, but you you do want to make sure that you know the area that you're investing in. Um, you want to make sure that you have a good sense as to whether that area is tenant friendly or landlord friendly. And what I mean by that is, you know, if your tenant, for whatever reason, fails to, you know, uphold the terms of the contract, i.e. paying on time, i.e., you know, making loud noises on the property, i.e., you know, doing drugs or whatever, right? Whatever the case may be, if your tenant violates your contract, how hard or how long will it take for you to evict them and to find a new tenant, okay? So the eviction process varies from, you know, state to state. And you do want to make sure that the state that you're in um, is as close to a good landlord state as possible. So, for instance, right, in Norfolk, Virginia, um, you know, in the state of Virginia, it takes about six months or so to evict a tenant from the start of the process, in Mississippi, it takes three days. So if your tenant doesn't pay, <laughs> um, three days notice, all right, and then the court comes to, or the the uh, sheriff comes to the door to evict that tenant. Uh, whereas you know the courts won't let you evict in Virginia until after six months, uh, which again six months is a long time, guys. Okay, so keep that in mind. All right. Um, Anyway, right, so you want to understand how your property manager is going to deal with all that, okay? Are they going to go to court for you? All right, that's something important to know in the event of any kind of um, issue that comes up legally on your property. Are they going to go to battle for you? And if not, are they going to have a representative or is that something that you're going to have to take care of, okay? That's something important to know as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, those are the uh, major ones. There uh, always are, you know, a few onesie twosies, the things that you want to ask as far as like security deposit, how that gets handled. Um, 
Oh, another important thing that you're going to want to ask too is for maintenance or repairs. Are they going to, you know, how much are they going to ask you for? I guess is the the proper way to phrase that. Um, Usually what I've seen is that, you know, property management companies will hold back a percentage of the rent, maybe from the first check. Or you can give them that deposit, you know, whatever. But that is your deposit for for maintenance and um, and repairs, essentially. So in the event something happens and the property management company needs to take care of it, they'll pull from this amount of money. And like I said, it can be a deposit that's held back from the rent. So let's say from the first month's rent, they'll take back three hundred dollars um, in addition to their ten percent payment. But that three hundred dollars goes to your like whatever fund whatever happens and so what that property management company will do is if the water heater needs replacement right or if the um out of the tiles broken and they need to replace it or you know something small right for something small if they need to take care of it for you they will take from that money and they will take care of it and they won't even bother you with it Okay, because in real estate, you can get calls about little things all the time. Okay, all the time. I'm telling you that it can really get exhausting if you allow it to. So, if you have someone else to feel those calls, i.e., a property manager, and you give them a budget to handle certain amount of damages, right, under a certain dollar amount, and then if anything exceeds that dollar amount, they're required to come to you about it, right? So let's say if flooding happens and they have to, you know, spend a thousand or a couple thousand dollars in replacing, you know, a commode or and like a bunch of the flooring around it or in, you know, fixing the ceiling and drying out the walls that are around it because maybe you had a leak from above. I mean, you know, they can run the gamut, right? But if it falls over that dollar amount that you set, then they will contact you and uh, you can improve, you know, what your big expenses are going to be and you leave them with something small to take care of. Okay. So that's definitely, definitely one that's important to, um, to know as well. And yeah, you know, talk to them, talk to them and, and, and see, you want to interview. And the reason why I said you want to find maybe four or five in your area uh, no, no less than three for sure is because you want to get to know how they're going to handle business in your absence. And in your absence, you want to have that comfortability and that confidence that your property is going to be well maintained. Okay. Um, definitely make sure that that gets done. Another small thing, and it's not really as big, but you know, maybe big to you. How are you going to get paid? Okay, that's definitely another question you want to ask. How are you going to get paid as a landlord? Are they going to send you a check? Are they going to um, deposit it straight into your account? You know, how is that dynamic going to work? Um, because that's just something you're going to want to take in, into account. If you're going on deployment or if you're going to mobilization, right, and you're going to be gone for, you know, seven to 10 months, do you have to have somebody frequently check your uh, mailbox for a check? in the mail and then deposit it into your account for you, right? Something like that. Um, we all know checks that, you know, they don't last long. 
last maybe you know a month and a half two months or so and then that's it they bounce so you're going to need someone to take care of that for you as well and if your property manager can do that for you and deposit straight in your account that's a win-win right there that's perfect so um so you won't miss a beat okay um yeah so so that's pretty much how you find one now i'm going to tell you about the inevitable right because or the inevitable rather um because no no one is perfect okay and um there will be times that you will face setbacks in your career um and you got to be able to plan for them okay and plan for the worst and um also just be able to deal with it too you know there are a whole bunch of crises that can come up in life and you know you are a hundred percent of how you deal with the scenarios around you so if you're a person that gets all you know flustered and you know can't deal with a little chaos in your life then well i would question why you decide to join the military because you know or why you stayed in the military rather because i mean chaos goes you know happens almost on a daily basis whether it's you know something small like your boss freaking out at you for not doing maintenance on time or you know if it's you know crazy like a drone strike or something you know what i mean like anything can happen but um i'm just saying you know the military helps build us in dealing with casualty control and using and applying those you know critical thinking skills and those that ability to you know, slow down the situation and handle things one at a time until you deal with the problem, right? That makes us, oh, that gives us the ability to be great investors, okay? Because a lot of people fail because they get too frustrated and they give up. Frankly, they give up, right? They say, oh, I've had a bad experience and now I don't want to do this anymore. It's not for me. They make up these excuses in their heads, telling themselves that this is not good or even worse, right? You get those that, you know, listen to other people's bad stories and they don't ever decide to do it for themselves, you know, and they just assume that because my friend or because my family member or because, you know, whoever had a bad experience, it's not for me and it's not something I want to do, okay? I'm willing to take a guess that if you are listening to this podcast, right, you understand or you sort of understand the kind of guy that uh, that I am, you know, the kind of company we are, we're not afraid in taking risks. We're not afraid in, you know, investing in real estate because we know what the end state is. Yes, we may have a few setbacks in life, right, because who doesn't? But we are constantly working towards improving our system and making it better that way when crisis does happen we can handle it and we can move through it swiftly and smoothly until we get to our end result okay and that is what we preach that is what we dedicate and i'm going to share a story with you on how having a property manager can go wrong and how you can deal with it to get out of that situation, okay? So here I am, all right, on deployment this past year, okay? I deployed uh, from January to the end of August, and I closed on my property in Mississippi um, in December timeframe of last year, right? And so um, the property was a single family. It was a three-bed, two-bath, about 
um, about 1,800 square feet-ish. Uh, a good, great, great property, and it was just outside of uh, of base in Gulfport, just outside the CB base there. Um, awesome property, like I said. And I was getting close to the deployment timeline, right? So I was a little bit under a crunch. And I had looked online for different property managers uh, for that month. I, like, you know, vetted a, a, a few of them. Uh, I only heard back from two. And... Um, when I had called to, I got the warm and fuzzy from this one particular property manager that I used. Um, and I, I gotta say, like, you know, the warm and fuzzy was there cause of the lady I was talking to. Um, you know, I asked her some questions. She kind of qualified it in my head. However, when I looked at their contract, I did see a couple things that I wasn't necessarily too happy about. One of them being some of the fees, and the other one being this 60-day cancellation, right, uh, or termination of contract notice. And so I had to give them notice 60 days prior to our official termination of our uh, closing of contract. If anything, you know, went bad, you know, if if either party was not acknowledging or honoring our contract. So, um, yeah, that did bug me, but I decided, hey, you know, maybe this is standard for them. Maybe this is just how they operate. I'll work around it. I didn't have, I didn't get a bad feeling from the lady I spoke to. So I was, you know, hoping and praying that this was going to be good anyway. Um, well, (laughs) there's a reason why I said this is a story, right? Of how to get out of bad stuff. So yeah. Long story short, that didn't end up going well. Um, <laughs> so within my first couple months of deployment, I started to realize that um, the company was very slow in responding back to inquiries that I had on the property, on the status of some repairs, and on kind of what was going on, on them to send me pictures and whatnot. Um, they they were disorganized when it came to collecting invoices from some of the service professionals that, you know, that they had hired to take care of some of the main, the repairs that needed to be done before the property was, uh, was rented. Um, there was one project in particular that should have been done within a week, honestly, within one week, right? This deck, right? This outside deck that was maybe 400 square feet, Maybe I, I would I would venture to say it was a little bit less, right? But this one project in particular was supposed to be done in like a week, two weeks at the max, due to like weather and delays, and you know I just want to be lazy time, you know whatever, right? Whatever it is. Now, um, the issue is that this guy or whoever the contractor was kept giving them excuses all the excuses under the sun. Uh, it's too wet today. Uh, I can't do it today because of, I don't know, X, Y, Z, right? Just so many excuses. And they would just relay these excuses to me without really doing much to engage and try and get the guy to finish his job, right? They kept making promises to me saying that, oh, they're going to, he's going to finish by the end of this week and we'll give you an update on when it's going to get done. The end of the week would come, no update would be given. I would give them a couple of days to, you know, find out if they're actually going to tell me what's going on. And of course, nothing, right? So I follow up and I say, hey, what's going on with the property? They don't respond back that day. Another day goes by. 
right? Sometimes they just didn't respond then. And then I would get a response back like the day after, right? Or whatever, you know, I would, and, and as this became a pattern, I would be following up every single day with them saying, hey, what's the status? What's the status? What's the status? This little small 400, you know, square foot deck took two and a half months to get done. Almost two and a half months. I think it was like two months and like a week or a week and a half. I don't know, some change. Anyway, it was a little over two months, okay? Two months to get done. And this entire time, my property is vacant. So now here I am, right? I'm losing money off this property because I'm paying for the mortgage. I'm paying for the tax. I'm paying for all this stuff. And and my property is not getting fixed. And it's literally just sitting there. And I asked them, I remember one point I asked them, you know, when was the last time that they went to go see my property? And um, the lady told me it was like a week or something like that, right? Now, okay, I asked them, all right, so uh, was there, is there anything else wrong with the property? Like what else is going on with it? And then the lady told me, is like, oh yeah, I didn't go in it. I just went to drive outside and see if it was okay. I'm like, um, okay, so we have these projects going on, right? We have these things happening, and you don't even go in to go see my property? Like, what the heck are we, what the heck am I paying you for? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? So it just, guys, I'm sorry. It was just a long, long drawn out process. And so, long story short, like a really, really long story short, okay? Like, they did not do a good job at all. They were very negligent. Um, in, in terms of our contract and our agreement, uh, they were uh, just dragging their feet on getting my property rented and getting my property fixed and then getting it rented, right? And it was a nightmare. So um, I put in, I, I got fed up, right? I got fed up with them and I put in the notice. I went back to look at the contract and I was reminded of the 60-day thing, which definitely was not uh, was not a good feeling at all. But I went in and I put my notice via email, right, via writing, so that way it was recorded that I was going to terminate the contract in 60 days unless I had a drastic improvement of service because it was absolutely ridiculous, you know. And here I am in the middle of deployment, mind you, right, and trying to deal with all this. Now, you know, I I only had, you know, but a few times that I could, you know, get in and respond to, but... It was just a, a mess, you know, like it was a mess. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, you know, trying to deal with, with all this on deployment was not fun, but, you know, it had to be done. And, you know, it wasn't a good experience, but it was a learning experience. And there are some takeaways that I took from it. And, you know, I moved on. Right. And so at the moment I gave them my 60 day notice, I went to work on trying to find another property manager. And I actually got a little creative and went outside of Gulfport, into the Biloxi area, to look up other property managers, and I tried qualifying those. I went through another three, and I found one that looked really good, um, that I was very, very comfortable with. And I ended up taking a look at their contract And then we went through a back and forth of maybe a week on negotiating contract terms and whatnot, and I was good to go. You know, at that point, I was ready. I decided that at the end of that 60-day period, I was going to roll right into 
uh, this next property manager. And that's essentially what I did. You know, I think there was a little bit of delay with communication, but at the end of the 60 days, you know, I rolled right into this next property manager and it was good to go. And since then, right, my property is rented. We've got a tenant in there. Um, and we're making, collecting, you know, rent checks. Oh, and, and ironically, right. Ironically, the previous property management company was able to finally get this project done. Um, and they were able to find my tenant, you know? So as my tenant was moving in, we were under new management and things were good to go. Um, and now she's been running just fine. So, um, so anyway, you know, a little victory story there, obviously, you know, things were not ideal and the timing was not ideal at all. But regardless, you know, I handled it. And that is the kind of mindset you have to have when it comes to real estate investing. You know, nothing is going to be perfect. And it doesn't even matter if you're investing. Okay, let's let's be honest here. If you're just buying a property in general, you're going to have a lot of responsibility in maintaining that property and making sure that it is functioning properly. Right. Otherwise, it could be an issue for you, can be an issue for your neighbors, could be an issue for all parties involved. Yeah. So just make sure that, you know, you don't get discouraged by having a home, whether it's your personal residence, whether it's it's an investment property. Right. Problems will happen. Issues will come up. Right. And you just have to be able to have a clear head going into it and have your crisis control procedures in place. Okay. So in the event of having a bad property manager, first thing you want to do is have a backup. Okay. Well, first thing you want to do is take a deep breath. Okay. Deep breath. Don't get flustered. Don't get frustrated. Start looking for backup property managers. Look at your contract and figure out how and um, why you can break out of that lease, right? Maybe they're being negligent, okay? Negligent is, a, for all intents and purposes, a relative term. So if your property manager is not really doing something that you agreed upon or that you think they should be doing, right, you could deck them for negligence, and that can usually get you out of the contract, okay? But um, you want to make sure that that phrasing is there. And if it's not, you want to be able to put it in there from the jump, okay, from the beginning, um, and likewise, too, make sure that 30 days is all you need to get out of a contract. 30 days, guys. Three zero. Trust me, 60 days is a long, long, long time. Even when you're on deployment, 60 days is a long time to deal with a bad property manager. Okay? So... Oh man, <laughs> definitely that was my probably my biggest takeaway from that scenario. Um, but again, learning occurred and it was good to go, right? So I'm glad that I got that off my back and I moved into a new property manager and I found you know someone that I trust for my next properties, right? So that was a win. All right, so that's gonna do it. Uh, thanks again so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, whatever you guys are doing out there, whether you're on deployment, whether you're in the office, whether you're on your way to work, on your way from work, whatever, right? Um, really, really appreciate uh, you guys giving us your feedback and letting us know um, how, how we're doing, but how we're serving you the best we can. Um, it definitely takes a team to, uh, to accomplish the mission, and so we value all of your input. 
uh, because we are all in this together, right? We are community. Um, speaking of community, or make sure you guys check out the meetup that we have set up in the Hampton Roads area if you are on the East Coast. Um, we are going to be meeting on the 19th of September at Keegan's Irish Pub in Town Center at 7.30 or 19.30, right, for you military types out there. Uh, it's going to be a great time. So come join us for uh, so a little social um, a little social with some drinks and some great conversation on, you know, acquiring properties in the, in the military, using your VA loan, um, and just meeting and networking with, you know, other folks in the area. It's going to be great. Okay. Um, also make sure that you check out our page. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming uh, down the pipe. We've got an ebook that we are remaking and we are looking for ambassadors to help us spread the word. So if this is something you want to do, and, uh, and you want to receive a little special something from us, from helping us out, we appreciate it. Come hit us up on our Facebook page or uh, shoot us an email and let us know that you want to be an ambassador, okay, for our new Military House Hacking ebook 2.0. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for it. Uh, we have a few special surprises and certain people that are going to be helping us out. But wait for that. It's going to be coming down the pipe. And I am really excited for all the other awesome stuff that's going on as well as my five-year reunion for my alma mater. Okay, uh, So I'm going to go get to that and I'm going to let you guys get on with the rest of your day. Thanks so much again for listening. Mike out. <laughs>